Are you or your business really a product of your choices? Stay tuned and find out. Okay, here's the question. How are we dark horses? You know, the ones everyone is betting against, the ones they don't expect to win, place, or even show on the track, and they'll even laugh on us when we talk about trying. How do we show the world our greatness and triumph? Well, that's the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. This is The Dark Horse Entrepreneur. My name is Tracy Brinkman. What is up, what is up, what is up, my Dark Horse friends and family? Welcome back to your weekly dose of The Choice is Yours Learning. I'm your Dark Horse host, Tracy Brinkman, and you, well, that, my friend, is infinitely more important. You are a driven entrepreneur or one in the making. Either way, you're here because you're ready to start, restart, kickstart, just start leveling up with some great marketing, personal, or business tips and results in order to build that beautiful business of yours into the empire it absolutely deserves to be. Now, before we get kicked off, I want to make sure you're connected with us, right? You can go to darkhorseschooling.com. Up there at that top right, you'll see all the socials. Come on over and join us over on Facebook. Uh, join into the Dark Horse Tribe Facebook group where I always add the extra tidbits during the week. Come over and jam with us on Instagram, on Twitter. You check them all out. We're on LinkedIn as well. Well, come check us all out. I want, I look forward to hearing from you on all the channels out there. Man, speaking of all the channels out there, man, today we have a huge episode firing on all cylinders. Today, J.M. Ryerson shares from from his experience in entrepreneurship about walking the talk, why you should share those lessons that you've learned, and the number one thing that you need to provide your team with, why core values are important, and a little tip that he learned from the FBI. Oh, you know, miss this one. Plus, I'm going to let you in on next week's interview episode guest who shared some of her magic on the silver screen with the Bee Gees. Now, as per usual, the Dark Horse Corrals are chock full of personal, business, and marketing G-O-L-D spilling from every corner of the Dark Horse Entrepreneur HQ. So let's get to the starting gates and go. All righty, my Dark Horse friends and family. Today's guest is J.M. Ryerson. Now, J.M. is a mindset coach. He's the host of the Let's Go Win podcast and the author of Amazon's bestseller, Let's Go Win, as well as The Keys to Life uh, excuse me, the keys to living your best life. JM coaches in leadership, business, team building, and career development. He has this passion to help others succeed at work, at home, and in life by offering these simple tools that provide a work-life balance. Man, won't we all need a little work-life balance? JM, welcome to the Dark Horse Entrepreneur, man. Hey, Tracy, thank you so much for having me, brother. I really appreciate it. Oh, you know, it's it's my pleasure. I, you know, so so often you see, oh, another mindset coach, but you know, there's a lot of really good one. And I don't I don't want to slide it, right? I've I I I've been one, done there, but you I think so many have just kind of gotten into this and just jumped in there and called themselves one without having the chops. Does that make sense? Well, it makes sense. I mean, look, I, I've heard of a lot of armchair quarterbacks. We were talking about, you know, our beloved Packers, and I've never seen a great armchair quarterback. That's just the way it is. You can talk philosophically about what you think, but until you've actually got into the muck, you've done the work, you've got your tail kicked a little bit. Yeah. It gets kind of hard, you know, for somebody to say, this is the way. And to be a guru or whatever they say, 
I don't believe in that. I, I do believe that there's some lessons people can learn, sure. but I understand what you're saying, brother. And I wholeheartedly agree. Like if you aren't willing to do what you're talking about, if you're not, you are just saying the words, but you're not following through. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's going to fall on deaf ears and it's certainly not going to be authentic. And unfortunately I've met a lot of those coaches as well. And that's, uh, I feel you on that one. Anyway, uh, we got off on a quick tangent. Boy, this is going to be a good conversation I can tell already. I want to step back and, and hush my mouth and uh, get you to tell your story. You know, the good, the bad, the ugly, the right, the left, ups, downs, and, uh, you know, and why you love doing what you do so much. Yeah, man. So this is my fourth company that I've been a part of building or, you know, a partner in. And the first company was amazing. I mean, you want to talk about and just the most awesome culture. We knew exactly who we were. We were young. We were aggressive. We were growing, having way too much. I mean, we worked hard, but we definitely played hard. We sure. played hard. And it was amazing. And then we made a decision that, hey, we're going to go from being, I think we had eight offices around the country doing financial services. And we, we decided we're going to go nationwide. And we went and partnered with there was a total of five business partners. That was a lot of partners in this venture. And, you know, the only challenge was our values didn't align. So mm. that was about six years of hell. And uh, not that they're bad people. They're, they're great. We just didn't align, right? Uh, it was all about money for them. And, and that was as much as I do value money and growing it and all that, it, I like to take care of our people. So it wasn't just about the bottom line. So that wasn't a great fit. The third company found uh, a, a beautiful niche, uh, built another cool culture. And so I've been building teams for, gosh, it's almost 20 years now that I've been doing that. The mindset coaching kind of, I guess I've been doing it far longer than what Let's Go Win has been around, mm -hmm. but I never put a, a name to it. And I never really put the book together and, and started building the programs. It was just stuff that was all on the top of my head. So if you ever see that commercial where the guy's going into the meeting, he's like, don't worry, I got it all up here. And then the, the shelf opens up and he gets knocked out. That's kind of how I was rolling through life. Like, don't worry, guys, I got it all up here. And I finally said, you know, this is crazy. If I get hit by a bus tomorrow, I want my kids to know some of these lessons. I want the people that I care about that I work with to have some of these lessons. And they're not mine. They're just lessons I've learned from you know, authors, mentors, my parents, grandparents, the, the, the various people that have, have been lifting me up along the, uh, along the way. I just documented it. So that's what Let's Go Win's all about, brother. I, I love it because it literally, I was just telling somebody before I got on the podcast on, the, on a phone call, it is what gets me out of bed every single morning. I love helping people achieve things they don't believe they can achieve because I see the potential in people and I, anything I can do to be a part of that. So I, I don't know if that's what you're looking for, but that's no. kind of background, man. That's, that's fire right there. You know, as funny as uh, I'm with you, I, it, most of these lessons either are, are something because I tripped, I stumbled, I bumbled, I fell, and I face planted, right? I got up and dusted myself up. Well, damn, that didn't work, right? So there's, there's, that's one style of lesson and not all the, not the most fun side. But then there's the other ones, like you were saying, that you learn from others, right? Whether it's reading or watching their videos or if you have one-on-ones. And what I think is amazing, and maybe you can echo this, some of these lessons are like 
you go back and read some of the Stoics, and I'm talking about, you know, your Greek philosophers, and they're like, oh, well, they were saying this way back when. It must be true. Brother, it is so true. Actually, somebody asked me the other day, what are your your uh, three favorite books? And I wrote a blog on this because they asked the question. And all of my books, uh, not all of them, excuse me, two of my favorite books were written back in the 20s. Mm-hmm. Now, if you were to read that, the way it reads today is choppy. It doesn't really make sense the way we talk today. Yeah. However, to your point, the lessons, they the Bible has amazing lessons. I'm, I'm not well-versed on the Bible. So don't, I just, the the stories in there are incredible. Right. To your point with some of these Greek philosophers, they were saying this stuff. We just don't necessarily look back at that, but history does repeat itself. And so when you can repackage it so people can learn these lessons again, Mm -hmm. um, I think that's what a lot of us are trying to do to be like, it's not like we have these aha moments. Like I do it all the time. I love to read and I'll go, aha, well, that was, that's been out there for hundreds of years. I just didn't realize it. Um, Buddhists, I, 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 I follow a lot of their stuff because it made sense the mm-hmm. way they talk about the world, but I just didn't know how to put it into the contextually the way we talk today. Sure. Absolutely. It's funny you mentioned the, the, the talking difference. I was lucky enough and I stumbled across a copy of the original text and I think it was actually made up of multiple volumes. So I only got one volume of it of what is now what we now know as Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Right. And it was written, like you said, way back early 1900s and in the way in, in early 1900s speak and reading it, it, it's a little tough. The first time through, you got to go through it a couple of times and say, okay, I know what he means. What he's saying right here. And it's like, ah, oh, it's, it's fire, right? It's fire. It's so good. In fact, there was one that was written back, I think, in the 50s called The Magic of Thinking Big. Mm -hmm. He says, fellas, all the I mean, throughout the entire it's just a term that we rarely use, but it was it was used so frequently. It's odd when you hear it because we don't talk that way. Right. But the lessons are so sound. And you brought up Think and Grow Rich. What a great, great book. And actually, I think they're coming out with a movie, if I'm not mistaken. They are. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I just got to start, started seeing the ads on Facebook for that, like $17. $17 well invested, everybody, and I'm not an affiliate. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you mentioned earlier that you've been building teams for 20-plus years. And it's funny, I just got off uh, a recording for a, uh, a, a podcast episode with a young lady who started her career as an engineer, you know, making bank not happy in her role, gets out into the digital landscape and starts traveling the world. And really, she was this digital nomad. And she was building teams along the way, you know, international teams, domestic teams, and uh, the partnership she was in broke up. And now she's built another team. So we were just talking about team building from her perspective. I'd be interested in a couple of your team building philosophies and or tips. Wow. What an incredible question, because it's my favorite thing. I I think the first thing when it comes to building a team, you have to get extremely clear. The clarity is the word you're looking for on what are we trying to accomplish, mm-hmm. right? So it's funny. So often I'll talk to these companies. I'm like, hey, what are you guys trying to accomplish? And I'll get just people with, they, they don't know. They don't know what they want to do in next quarter, a year from now. And, and I don't really go much past three years anymore because five years down the line, I've been wrong every single time. Every time. I'm not doing that, right? <laughs> yeah. 
But getting clarity on what are we trying to accomplish? And then the core values. If you get the core values down, and I, I would strongly suggest if you haven't built your team yet, or even if you have three core values, it seems to be the magic number for me anyway and my companies, because it's something that everyone can remember. Why that's so important is once you get your core values down, you will see the people that you want to add onto your team immediately. But until you get clarity on what that is, you are going to constantly make the wrong hires, both for you and for them. And that is a lesson I had to stub my toe on many, many times until I figured out exactly what the attributes are that I'm looking for in a human being. Then you activate your reticular activating system. And then it's like, boom, you see them. They are out there right away. You know, like for let's go win, courage, fun, and transcend. I know I'm looking for somebody that's willing to be courageous. I'm looking for somebody that's willing to have fun. And ultimately, I'm looking for somebody that's willing to confront their self-limiting beliefs and overcome them. And you, in an interview, once I know what I'm looking for, Mm -hmm. I can ask those questions. And if they're like, yeah, I don't really like to have fun at work. Okay, cool. Not a good fit. Moving on. But it's, it's really interesting if you don't get that out there, how challenging it can be to build a quality team. And I think one of the things, and great information right there. And I think one of the things that really rung true for me inside of that is you could potentially hire someone that is amazing from a skill standpoint, but they don't have the courage or they don't want to have fun. They don't fit in with this culture that you're trying to build. And over the long term, you're not doing them, uh, you're doing yourself and them a disservice as a result. No, 100%. And so alongside the cultural values, I have the mantras that we discuss before every single meeting. One of those is having a growth mindset. If people don't know and believe in that idea, they are not going to work well with me because there's a whole lot of stuff I don't know. In fact, we could write so many books on what I don't know, but I will tell you, I am willing to go learn it and figure it out. I don't believe that anybody, I don't believe in a fixed mindset. I just don't. I did for years. I did growing up. I didn't know what a growth mindset was, but as an athlete growing up, you know, to just keep trying, keep trying, you'll get better. And so I've just applied those lessons in business and so true what you're saying, man, like when, when you have the wrong hire and if you didn't set the proper expectations, I should have said that as well, Tracy, if you don't set the proper expectations with those human beings in the beginning, this is what I expect of you. And additionally, this is what you can expect of me. Mm -hmm. When you do that, it makes the whole relationship so easy. The other thing I would suggest to anyone, if you are hiring bring the spouse or significant other on that last hiring interview. And people think it's weird. I'm telling you, brother, it is, you want an advocate at home. You do not want an adversary because when you're building a business, when you're building a team, there are sacrifices, man. And you want those people at home to support this individual when they come to work. If they're getting their teeth kicked in at home and now you're expecting them to work hard, it's really challenging. So, those are just, you know, four tips that I would really say as you're building your team, look at your hiring practices. Are you building proper expectations mm-hmm. of both you and them? Are the spouses or significant others, are they on board with what you're trying to do? And if not, why not? That's that's far. You know, you're the first person I've ever, ever heard talk about bringing the significant other uh, into the fold. And you know, just sitting here to think about it, as you were saying, it was like, well, duh. 
that's that's the other half of their life. Uh, and that really wraps back up to what we talked about in the very intro there, that work-life balance. Again, if I'm getting my teeth kicked in at home, going to work is going to be so much harder. Well, and, and same thing. Let, let's say you're in sales. And if you're new in sales, you know you're going to face adversity and get told no more than yes out of, yeah. the, out of the gates. So let's say you you are not making the sales that you want to, and then you go home and you have to get beat up again by your spouse mm. or another because they don't know this. You took a job that you should be great at right away, and and so it's just one of those things that I I tell the significant others every time they come in. Look, I am not interviewing me. There's, I'm not interviewing you. You are interviewing me. I want you to know who we are, what we stand for, and let's make sure that this works for your family. Yeah. Um, especially if you're in the 1099 world and it's not W-2, because that's a big leap of faith. Yeah. But I would tell you, even the FBI actually is where I learned this from years and years. They, they do this because if you, my family comes from that background, the FBI agents, they, they, they have some crazy schedules. They are out. They can't tell their spouses what they are doing. Mm-hmm. They are going to have to move frequently in their career until they become established and really find their home base. So imagine that spouse at home, not knowing where they're at, what they're doing, if they're going to have to move. And the same thing with the military, right? Yeah. You really have to have a committed significant other to say, I know I want to support your dream. I'm all in. And so just make it easy on yourself. Bring them into the interview. That's that's yeah, and you bringing in the the military piece. I was going to do that. Uh, third generation military man myself. My grandfather, my mother. I watched my mother um, over the course, probably all the way up to my teen years, before my dad retired for twenty three years in in the army. And I have nothing but huge amounts of admiration for any of the spouses of the, our military, you love our military in the first place, but those spouses, I think are kind of those unsung heroes that keep the family together and keep, sometimes keep the soldier upright, you know, when they come home and they're going through whatever it is they're going through, that family is a, a significant uh, link in their chain for sure. I totally agree with you, man. And in fact, it's, it's a good, you just made me think of something when I'm on airplanes and I see military members, I'll always buy them a drink, which is, who cares that, that, that that's not much appreciation for what they provide to us. Yeah. But you know, I've never really thought of the, the spouse and now I'm kind of ashamed. I should, you're right, man. They're the glue. I think of my, my grandparents, my, my grandmother's staying at home, keeping everything together. I, it's, it's truly incredible. You, you, you make, and you're really twisting my noodle on that one. Now. <laughs> I got you thinking, see, that works. I like that. <laughs> So one of the notes that you left for me uh, on on this little intake form I do for folks coming on board was, uh, and it, it resonated with me, was life is choices. And I know what that means for me. What does that mean coming from you? Everything we do, we, we are a product of our choices. And sometimes people don't like to face the fact that, okay, I'm failing in, let's say my marriage. Let's, mm-hmm. let's just say that's what's happening. Those are choices that you have made. And, and the faster that you can own that, the faster you can change whatever that is. I'm not saying to change your partner or your spouse. Maybe it's changing your behavior. Maybe it is, you know, being more clear, like uh, in, in the expectations of one another. But anything that we do in life, if you truly take responsibility, 
you are a product of your choices. Mm -hmm. Some of those are really good. And guess what? Celebrate that. Great job. I made the choice to get up and go to the gym. Therefore, my health is in good order. Or I'm in crappy health. I eat fried food every day and I don't go to the gym. Those are all choices that you have made. And the faster that I can get somebody, to, and I do a quick exercise, we don't have time today, but literally I, I have people take a, a piece of paper on one side, I write victim, the other side, I write responsible. And then I have them list out the attributes. When you look at it, all of the things that you go through, I don't care. There are awful things that happen to human beings, but you are still choices that you get to make after. Mm-hmm. So the worst things that could happen to someone, they, uh, Oprah is a good example. She was definitely molested as a child. Right. And she has every right to be a victim and not do anything. She could, she could be a victim for the rest of her life and everyone would totally understand. Her choice was, forget that. I'm not going to allow what happened to me dictate who I am as a human being. Right. She makes choices every single day to wake up and show up as her best self. So that's what I mean when I say that, man. It's I'm not saying it's easy, by the way. Oh, no. No, no, yeah. I, I feel you. Yeah. I mean, we all get faced every single day with choices. Do I go to the gym? Do I not? Do I eat the vegetables or the French fries? Like these are all choices, but the faster you can own them, the faster you can go accomplish whatever you want to. You're now listening to the Dark Horse Entrepreneur Podcast. It's funny you mentioned that. I just got finished. Um, Obviously, you can see by the beard here, I have some products that I buy and uh, the company is called Mean Beard. And they did this little thing. Hey, it's Father's Day coming up. Post a picture with your beard and with your kid and your favorite quote. And my quote was all about own your choices. That's the only way you'll ever be able to stand up and be who you really are, good or bad, whatever it is, right? Uh, and I think I think one of the biggest things when it comes to owning your choices is sometimes you, you've got to make the tough decision of turning around and looking back into some of the, let's call them shitty choices that you may have made. Just own it. Hey, you made the choice. It didn't work out. Um, and maybe at the time you felt like I didn't have any other choice. Oh. <laughs> okay. You, I, you can't see it, but right now he, he did some mannerism. So <laughs> you well, have a thought there, say, right? You just hit on something I love. It's so true. In that moment, I, we've all made bad choices, by right. the way. Every single human being that's ever walked the face of this earth has made poor choices. It, no one is perfect. I don't know anyone that is perfect. Here's the beautiful thing about life. You literally get to wake up and make another choice. You can choose to show up however you want to today. Yeah. So yesterday you were lazy or oh, here's a better example. If you were shy for the first 40 years of your life and for the 40 years and one day you decide I'm going to wake up and be the most outgoing human being in the world, you can choose to do that. Now, people may still label you as shy JM or whatever, right? but you get to make the choice to be that human being. That's what I think is so beautiful. You get to choose how you show up every single day, regardless of what people call you, label you, any of that, and including some of your closest, your parents included. There it is. They will say, they will put a label on you. But guess what? You're not the same human being at at 40 that you were at eight years old. I promise you, you're just not. So that's what I love about it. You can wake up tomorrow. If if you're right now, you're saying, man, I'm a lazy piece of crap. Okay. Don't do it tomorrow. 
choose something different tomorrow and then choose it again. And then what happens is once you practice that courage muscle, Mm -hmm. now it becomes easier and your choices. Now you start to get this amazing snowball effect that it builds and it builds and it builds and becomes so much easier to make that choice. So that's what I think is so beautiful about life. Look, I'm going to make poor decisions all the time. Poor choice. (laughs) Guess what? I'm going to make some really good ones most of the time. Yep. So I'm probably gonna ma- I'm probably gonna make a bad one tomorrow. I just don't know what it is yet. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guarantee I have. I just got a case of amazing tequila. In. It's a what is today Wednesday. I probably shouldn't have it, but damn it, I just want to sample a little bit, even though it's a cool <laughs> night. That's maybe not the best choice, but I'm okay with that because tomorrow I'm gonna right. wake up and make some better ones. <laughs> <laughs> so here's a qu- here's a question for you when it comes to those choices, or the, the great examples you gave of uh, you know being more outgoing and maybe even hey I'm more of a couch potato than not. Do you think sometimes people overchoose? Like let's say hey I'm that couch potato, you know I you know, do the whole Netflix and chill thing, and I decide you know what uh, JM's right. I'm gonna get up tomorrow. And I'm going to make a better choice. I'm going to go to the gym. And they overdo the choice rather than, oh, well, I've never done this. So maybe I need to make little bitty baby steps. Does that make sense? Oh, it totally makes sense. And we all do it. I mean, we at some point we were, for instance, I played college basketball. So I would work out for two hours every single day. If I did the same workout I did back in college today, mm-hmm. I would be in rough shape the next day. But that's just, again, that's one choice that we made. You recover for a day, then you choose to do it again. There it is. And so I guess probably one of the biggest things that I, w- I hope people hear from this, all these labels that have been affixed to us forever, and it, it happens all the time. JM's tall, has brown hair, uh, whatever. It, these are all labels. And yes, I do have brown hair. And yes, I am tall, but that's just a label. I'm also someone that likes to read. I'm a dad. I like to write. Uh, you know, these are things that I like to do. It's And so we are just not our labels, but we are a product of our choices. And all you're trying to do is, so, okay, you woke up the next day and you crush it in the gym and you are sore. You choose maybe not to do it as much the next time. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? There it is. So here's one other thing for me. So, And I hear so many people ask this question, and not just in podcasts, just in conversation. You know, you see it a lot on the Facebook streams, right? If you could go back and tell your teenage self one thing, what would it be? Now, that's not the question I want to ask, but because for me, and I'll, I'll give you the answer for me, and then we'll, we'll see where this takes us. For me, is like you, if I could go back and change one thing is, is where I'm going with this. And I'm like, you know what? I don't think I would change anything because where I'm at today, right this moment, as I'm sitting here on the microphone with J.M. Ryerson, is like I wouldn't be here because that one choice that I would change 20 years ago, 10 years ago, five years ago would have shifted my path 10 degrees and I'd be somewhere else right now and might not be talking to you. Does that make sense? Oh, brother, you are uh, 1000%. We are in alignment on this. I don't believe in regrets at all. I just, I choose not to. Mm -hmm. There are things I'm not proud of that I've done in my past. However, I cannot change the past. Right. I can't even really change the future. I can only do right now. So for instance, in this moment, I'm with you. I'm going to be a 100% present with Tracy and his audience. 
And I'm going to give everything I have for the next, whatever it is, 45 minutes, an hour, however long this goes. <laughs> that is what I'm going to do. I'm not worried about what I did last week or 10 years ago. I can't do anything about that. Yeah. So I 100% agree with you. Now, here's what's interesting. I just wrote a blog on what you said about what would I tell my 18-year-old self. Now, understand why I write that, though. It's not for me. It's for my kids. It's for any of my young readers to say, hey, maybe you're not showing up this way. Maybe one of the biggest things that I would have changed, and I was pretty diligent about it, I would have asked my grandparents far more questions. Mm -hmm. I wish... If I could rewind one thing, and again, I don't regret it because I have since dug and dug and dug. Those are choices. I don't have to, but I'm really interested. I'm interested in who they were as human beings. But as an 18-year-old, I wish I'd got more time to sit down and, and discover who they were, yeah. what their path in life was. Because again, we talked about it earlier. History tends to repeat itself. There's so many amazing lessons I could have learned from them and probably not skin my knees nearly as much as I did, <laughs> but I did, but you know, and that's okay. So I, I love what you said. I don't believe in regrets, brother. I don't see the point of it. I think it's wasted energy. I that totally don't show up as your best self, but don't yeah. spend time on regrets. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't, I, I think the piece there is uh, don't live in your past. I know in a, a little uh, ebook I did, oh, gosh, probably back in the nineties now, got his data myself. Um, I did the whole drive using an analogy of driving down your car, driving down the road in your car. And you're, let's say you're, you're just hauling buns down the road, you know, doing whatever the speed we're doing over the speed limit. Let's be honest. Um, you, in South Dakota, you're doing 80 miles an hour, right? And you got that big old open window in front of you and you got those side windows on either side and you have that rear view mirror. And I think if you keep it in that same ratio, looking forward, looking side to side and looking back, that's probably a good balance, right? That little bit of a mirror kind of keeps you in check of what's going on or what just happened behind you. You, you don't forget about it, right? You, you got to remember it and learn from it, but you certainly don't want to be focused on that mirror. Otherwise, you might just plow right into that semi as you're going down that road. Yeah, and I have a simple saying that some people find offensive, but I, 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 I say it anyway. I say past is pain, future is anxiety, and present is everything. Does that mean everything in my past is painful? Absolutely not. I have incredible memories. I, I love how my life has been. I really do. I don't, I'm not scared of what's coming in the future, but if I spend too much time on what ifs and how it, it that's anxiety just being created present. If I do everything in my power to give my very best in this present moment, mm -hmm. just continues to build on itself. And then you create this amazing future. But I don't spend time on the past. It, when it's time to reminisce with friends, cool, let's do that. But I'm not sitting there regretting what I did. I, you know, if I have to apologize to somebody, I will do that sure. for any past indiscretions. But it's not really like, you know, I'm, I'm not dwelling on it because now I can't show up as my best self if I'm sitting in the past. That's right. No wallowing allowed. There you go. I like that. <laughs> All right. So there was a little note here in my notes here that you're you're working on a, a third book. You're a writing machine. And I see your books back there in the background. What's the uh, what's the third book going to be about? Well, don't tell my wife. So the, the, to all your audience members, this is not happening. Uh, it, the third book is about choices. Um, it, it really is. It's it's about choices and mindset. And I have a new saying that's really hit me recently. It's just mindset matters. 
our mindset, how we wake up and show up every single day. So I don't know when I'm going to publish it. Um, I'm not all that far along, but I, I have spent so much energy and time into these blogs. What's happening is it's starting to create what the next book will be about. Mm. Here's what's interesting. I was never a writer. I would not, if you, if my English teachers were on here right now, they would be like, uh, he was probably least likely to ever write a book <laughs> of any of the students. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, I don't know where it can, I love it, man. It It's like journaling, hardcore journaling all the time. I get to get these crazy thoughts out of my head. Some are not so crazy. Some are fairly profound, or at least to me, they are. And it just allows me to really get that stuff out. So I don't know. Uh, my wife hates to hear that I even want to do a third already, but <laughs> I, I just love it, man. I, I I guess it's like getting a tattoo. I heard they're addictive. I don't have any, but my best friend, he tells me they're very addictive. So. They're, they are very addictive. And unfortunately, my youngest daughter, I, I, I bought her, well, she got her first one as soon as she turned 16. And it was just a little polite little you know, uh, infinity symbol on the back of her neck, her and her best friend got it. And then about two years later uh, for her birthday, I bought her her second one on her shoulder and she, you know, she's gotten to a couple of more since then. And she, yeah, yeah she's, it's, they're definitely addicting. I want another one as a matter of fact, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I just, you know, I think when it comes to, when it comes to sharing your thoughts, right, you're like, oh my God, this did so many amazing things for me or other folks that I, that I've been connected to that it, it almost pushes you to do it, doesn't it? Well, here's what's interesting. So let's go when I actually had written in my journal when I was 20 or 21 years old and I didn't realize, in fact, the logo I have today looks damn near identical to what it was 20 years. And then I forgot about it. And I was cl I was cleaning out my garage when we were moving across the country. And I found this old memento box and I opened it up and sure as shit, man, there is let's go win the three circles, not exactly the way it is. Mm -hmm. It had been marinating in my brain and at least on paper for that long. But I guess the point is, at some point, I would have found this. If I didn't already come up with I would have gone back and said, holy cow, this was really important to me at the time. Right. These were my doodles. This was something that I was thinking about. This is what I will say about journaling. It is the best form of therapy, free therapy that anyone can get. A pen costs you a couple cents. The paper is maybe a dollar. And that paper will not judge you. So if you're struggling with anything, just write it. Yeah. And half the time you look at it and go, oh, that was crazy. I don't even know what I was thinking right there. <laughs> and sometimes you go, you know what? Maybe I do need some professional help. But at least you're getting that stuff out and it's not just swirling inside you yeah. and just eating you up. And I remind myself of this every single day because just like anyone, I have those thoughts. Some are really positive. Think of this. We have 40 to 50,000 thoughts a day. Some of them are going to be negative. They're not always going to be positive. Yeah. So sometimes you got to release that stuff, get it out, put it on paper. That's right. Yeah, I'm a, I'm with you on that. I'm a big journaling fan myself. There was a, a time when there was just, like you said, all that stuff was swirling around and I was scribbling and writing. And then you, you flip through the journal, all of a sudden a picture about, I would have been, you know, just sketching a picture or whatever. It was funny is, uh, um, uh, 
I was married to another woman back during one of these journaling periods. And I was just kind of flipping back through it. And I saw this little sketch that I had done. And I remember where I was at. I was at an Anthony Robbins convention. It was during one of the breaks. And I was just scribbling with my pen. And I drew the silhouette of a sunset and then two people walking away from your perspective towards that sunset. And what caught my eye, and I didn't realize it when I was scribbling it, the guy, the, the, the couple were holding hands, but the guy, I, I drew in a shadow. There was no shadow for the female, mm. right? And obviously, not obviously, but as I mentioned, that, that, that lady is no longer my wife. And it was like, I wonder if something in my head was saying, something's not right here. And even as I drew it, it didn't click. It was later when I went back and looked at it. Well, and now, I mean, now we're getting deep when you start digging into the subconscious and, and yes, it was there a hundred percent. You knew what was going on, yeah. but you don't want some of these things we don't want to face. There's things that we don't want to talk about. And at the time, I'm sure you didn't want to face the fact that maybe this person isn't for me. I know mm -hmm. it deep down, but damn it. I'm going to try my best to make it work. Yeah. But sometimes the inevitable happens and, and it was meant to be the way that it was and you knew it. But it's, it's some of these things are hard to face. Yeah, I feel you, man. Okay. All right. Let, let's shake that up. All right. We're not here. <laughs> so um, I want to, you've built a number of businesses. And obviously, we, we chatted a bit about your team building tips on here. What kind of, what entrepreneurial tips would you want to offer to anybody given your uh, length and breadth of experience? I'll, I'll give you three. Oh, if nice. You're starting a business right now. There's three things that I believe you need to do to really succeed. The first thing is you have to believe. You have to believe that whatever you're going to create, it's going to succeed. Because whether you believe, whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. Henry Ford said that years ago. Yep. You have to believe whatever you're creating, it's going to work. And I mean, they, you don't get, you don't waver in that belief because here's what's going to happen. People are going to tell you all the time, you're not going to make it. This is why it's not going to work. The market's going to do this. I mean, for years, I've been told all the reasons any of the businesses that have succeeded, why they're going to fail. And had I listened to them, they probably would have. So that's number one. The second thing is go all in. And what I mean by that is don't half-ass it and give yourself the back door to say, ah, you know what? It, it wasn't meant to be. It, it was meant to be. You just decided to give yourself the out. Go right. all in. It's amazing what you can create and accomplish if you give everything that you have. And here's the best part. Let's say it does fail. At least you can look yourself in the mirror and say, I gave it everything I had. Again, I don't believe in regrets. But if you can't say that you gave it everything you had, that's just a waste of time. Yeah. And then the last thing I would say, the third one, is find joy in, in, in what you're doing every single day. Even embracing the suck, as they call it, when, when it's really hard, there's joyful moments. I look back when I had not hardly a dollar to my name. My wife and I didn't have anything. Those are some of, some of my ple most pleasurable, amazing memories. Mm -hmm. When my first son was born and I mean, we were like, holy cow, how are we going to pay for some of this stuff? But I didn't, at the time I remember going, yeah, it's scary. But now I look back and I'm like, wow, that was an amazing moment to learn. And so embrace the suck, find the joy because there's plenty of joy for all of us around, even in our darkest of times. So those are the three, believe, go all in and find the joy. Embrace the suck. I like that. 
All right. Well, JM, I, I definitely appreciate you hang, coming on, hanging out. I want to be mindful of your time. Uh, if folks want to learn more about Let's Go Win, obviously there's the podcast and the books and everything, or well, more about JM, the uh, the mindset coach and everything else you got going on, where do we want to send them to? You know what? I, go to letsgowin.com. We just launched an online course and it does it. Part of it is about sales. Part of it is about team building. So we were talking about building teams. Mm. Um, so that just launched actually this week. And I'll tell you what, I've had great feedback. I've had a couple of people that told me what they didn't like about it. And I, I like all of it. I want to know where I can improve. Sure. So I would say to go there. And then if people are into social media, let's go win 365 on any of the social media platforms. Perfect. We'll make sure to get those in the show notes so folks can just click right on through and connect with you. Jam, again, thanks so much for coming on and hanging out, man. Brother, thanks for having me on Dark Horse Entrepreneur. What a great show. Keep doing what you're doing, man. I appreciate you. All right. All right. There you have it. J.M. Ryerson dropping some mega bombs on us. Some just gem after gem of information for us to take away. What did you walk away with? Here's some thoughts that I took away. Thought number one, walk the talk. Right out of the gate, J.M. shared his thoughts on those out there that are or are not walking the talk. I mean... He shared how you have to be out there risking that biscuit, getting your butt kicked, and enduring the trials and tribulations of whatever path you have chosen. Then, my friends, and only then, can you shout from the rooftops what you have learned and how you can help others from your well-traveled path. In my humble opinion, and it's just that, it's just my humble opinion, there are a number of what I will call... Um, empty vessels out there shouting from the rooftops, or maybe in today's digital ad age, we need to call it shouting from the ad tops about their expertise while not having done any or having any of the seven keys to walking the talk. Now, I'm going to dive a bit more about this in the next episode, episode 238, the seven keys to walking the talk. Now, thought number two, Share your lessons learned. JM shared that he had all the lessons in his head and he wanted to share those with those he cared about, uh, those that he worked with. You know, he wanted to share all those lessons. And here's the thing, and he said it himself, the lessons weren't even his to begin with. They're lessons he had learned from authors and mentors and parents and grandparents and others who had been lifting him up that he turned around and was able to prove on his own path of life and business. What lessons do you have? What lessons have you learned? How have you documented and shared them like JM did? Let me share a few I have documented and what I've recently learned, and it's going to be in episode 239. Uh, We'll call that one Lessons Learned from Starting a Podcast. Next, thought number three, Clarity Empowers team building. JM shared a real gem here when he was talking about the power of clarity when it comes to team building. The clarity of what you're trying to accomplish as a team, as well as the clarity of each person's role inside that team. I mean, think about it. If I didn't know what I was trying to accomplish or what piece of that pie is specifically mine to accomplish, I'm probably going to wander around the proverbial kitchen aimlessly looking for something to do or some way to add value and in the end probably cause more chaos than concrete results. But with clarity, oh man, I'm like a laser beam focused on a specific target and big bam, boom, 
making shit happen. Now, this week in the Dark Horse Facebook tribe, Dark Horse Tribe Facebook group, wow, my tongue tripped over my teeth and I can't see what I'm saying. Anyway, this week in the Dark Horse Facebook group, I want to chat a bit more about this and share 10 practices for building a great team. Thought number four, core values. JM stressed the importance of having your core values and those of your business well-defined. He even noted that once you have those down, you're going to begin to see those that you want to add to your team, right? I would also add it will be very clear the ones that you need to either level up so that they meet those values or level out if you know they're not going to be able to meet them. You see, until you have those nailed down, you're going to continue to make errors along your path that you could have avoided easily via this simple, now mind you, I didn't say easy, but simple exercise. I want to share more about this again in the Dark Horse Tribe Facebook group this week when I chat about why you need non-negotiable core values to succeed in life and business. And finally, thought number five, I know I don't always do five, but man, there were so many nuggets in here and I I could go probably to eight or 10. Uh, But thought number five, you and your business are the result of your choices. Man, this one was super powerful. If you missed this one, please do yourself a favor and go back and re-listen to it. JM dropped a powerful gem here. Are you making choices from the perspective of a victim or from the perspective of a responsible and empowered person? It's a powerful question. Think about that. Only you are going to be able to know the answer and only you can decide what you're going to do with that knowledge and that insight. But damn, does that one go deep? Yeah, it does. Make sure you do not skirt over that one, my friends. Trust me. All right. What inspiring ideas, tips, or thoughts resonated with you? Whatever they were, take some time today and put them into action. Actually, let's take the additional step of writing them down first and then start putting them into action. Go out there, run your race, get your results, and let me hear about them. I'm serious, right? Email me, Tracy at DarkHorseSchooling.com. Tell me what tips or ideas you came away from this episode or any of the episodes, how you put them into action, and what results you gained from them. I will chat about them here on an upcoming episode. Heck, if you're willing, I even bring you on the show and let let you share those wins, right? And let's win. Let me help celebrate with you. All right. Now, on our next interview episode, our guest is none other than Diane Steinberg. Now, Diane is a recording artist, a singer, songwriter, piano, a pianist, a producer, an arranger, and an actress whom some of you are going to remember as Lucy from the movie Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Diane shares a wealth of information in this unique episode full of history and lessons like be legit. Ladies and gentlemen, you do not want to miss this episode. Now, on top of that, I know you want to keep getting all these valuable tips and inspirational stories from the guests I'm lucky enough to bring on this podcast. So please go on down there, hit that subscribe button while you're there, leave us a five-star rating, drop us some kind words in the reviews, make some suggestions, ask questions. I read every single one of those comments. And it's 
those comments and ratings and reviews and subscribes are your way to tell those podcast platforms out there that you're giving the value, right? And of course, do not keep all this entrepreneurial G-O-L-D all to yourself. Share the podcast with other entrepreneurs and business owners that you know will get value from it. And with that, I'm going to leave you as I always do. Think successfully and take action. Thank you for listening to the Dark Horse Entrepreneur Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Check us out at www.darkhorseschooling.com. All right. My name is Tracy Brinkman.